0: It's a simple recipe, but it would mean so much to me. Turn on the gas and make me feel fine. All I wanna say is just give me some hot pizza. I'll
1: Hey, folks, Steve Siddall here with another episode of Financial Pizza. It's the only podcast that features clips and more from some of the best financial advisors heard on radio and in podcasts all around the country each and every week. We bring it to you hot, fresh, and in 30 minutes or less. This week, Coach Pete is talking with Eric Balchunas. He's an EFT analyst at Bloomberg, does a weekly segment for Bloomberg TV. Here, they're talking about Eric's new book called The Bogle Effect, how John Bogle and Vanguard turned Wall Street inside out and saved investors trillions of dollars.
0: the week that was it
1: started way up in the market the week looks as though it will close a little bit up after a very rocky start the s p and the dow rose that was boosted by a jump in banking stocks at the end of a volatile week marked by concerns around aggressive moves by the federal reserve in that attempt to calm inflation Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says more government regulation is needed to police the proliferation of cryptocurrency and to ward off fraudulent or illicit transactions. Now, one potential upside is that users would get documentation of their crypto dealings for use in filing their taxes. We'll keep an eye on that one. The housing market showing some signs of slowing down as mortgage rates inch up. According to Freddie Mac, interest rates hit 5% this week on a 30-year fix. The year started with rates at 3%. If you're trying to get a mortgage, your monthly house payment is going to be going up. Applications for U.S. state unemployment insurance fell last week by more than forecast, showing that employers are retaining workers in an increasingly tight labor market. Initial unemployment claims decreased by 5,000 to 166,000 in the week that ended April 2nd. Labor Department data showed Thursday that the level matched the lowest since 1968. So we could have more hurricanes this year, sure we can. Uh, That's according to researchers at Colorado State University. Now last year, there were 21 named storms in the Atlantic. They say this year, we could see 19 named storms compared to an average around 14. Now the scientists who study large scale features of the atmosphere and the ocean are already spotting signs that point to a season even busier than 2021. So there's that. This week, Coach Pete is talking with Eric Palchunas. He's an EFT analyst at Bloomberg, does a weekly segment for Bloomberg TV. Here, they're talking about Eric's new book called The Bogle Effect, how John Bogle and Vanguard turned Wall Street inside out and saved investors
2: trillions of dollars. Eric's also co-host of the weekly Bloomberg TV show called IQ. He's got a new book out called The Bogle Effect. We're going to talk about John Bogle a little bit and I want to welcome you in. Eric, welcome in. Hey, it's great to be here. Thank you for that nice introduction. Well, you've got a long bio, so I have to pick and choose what to talk about. But the Bogle effect here, the book takes readers through the financial areas such as active management, ETFs and advisory world, quantitative investing, something called ESG, which a lot of people are going to hear more and more about that coming up, behavioral finance and even trading platforms to show how they and the investors they serve are being reshaped and reformed in that book. Now, what what inspired you to, to write the book? I know you've talked to, when John was alive, I know you spent a lot of time talking to him.
3: Yeah, I had uh, sat down with him for three different interviews for over an hour in the five years before he passed away. And then we exchanged emails. He was on my ETF show a couple of times. And um, I uh, so I had all this audio on a dictaphone and I, I a couple years before he passed away and the pandemic hit and I'm sort of had a little more time. And I thought, you know, let me get this out out there. Because I think what he did is really interesting. It's almost a business story That's it, it's not just like a Jeff Bezos or a Steve Jobs. It's actually, I think, another level, given that he really didn't get rich himself. I think those other stories are usually about somebody becoming a billionaire. This guy made everyone else rich. And I find that story really interesting. And it completely has, is now dictating the whole industry. Um, basically, they alone take in about a billion a day which is really an absurd amount of money. They take in money. a billion a day for 10 years. Wow. Um, and then other people have now copied their sort of low-cost index funds, whether it's BlackRock or Fidelity, and that's the funds they get assets in now. So in a way, Vanguard and Bogle, the, the man, have had, a, in my opinion, the biggest effect in asset management, if not all of Wall Street, uh, as you know, compared to anybody else. And really, I think all of what Bogle did really comes down to one phrase. I think his life's work could really be defined by addition by subtraction. He he removed management fees, trading, biases, um, all the friction that just gets in the way of you and your money, which, once it starts compounding, is glorious.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. You know, the investment world is very confusing for a lot of folks, too. And then it's more of the investainment when you watch some of these shows uh, that are on like 24 7 is you can get financial information. I think people get more enticed to do more things they shouldn't do because they get impatient. And you know the, the word, the, the phrase dollar cost averaging means a lot. Instead of trying to buy and sell a lot of times, always buy and add to something if you believe in it. I, I think that's one of the main things that uh, that John was featuring is is the consistency and persistent and saving like that and and not trying to like find the, the, the horse that's going to win the race but bet on all the horses <laughs> so and, and and put the money in every single month the system systematic investing is something that every American should be doing
3: yeah I think most people who have invested um, I think you know when you talk about this entertainment aspect of it I think young people drive that a lot. I think when you look at Robin Hood, um, I remember I'm a Gen Xer. In the 90s, we were all thought we were geniuses because we bought Microsoft (laughs) and Cisco and it went up a lot. But then, you know, a correction hits and you realize this is harder than it looks. And so most people who are young, I think, go through that process. I think it's generational. But there's a line in in War Games, uh, that movie from the 80s, where the, the computer deduces that the only winning move is to not play. (laughs) <laughs> and I think that's what most people uh, subscribe to after they try this on their own, it doesn't work out. And then also maybe they get older, they have more responsibilities, they have a family, a mortgage, they can't mess around with money as much. Yeah. And that's where I think Vanguard is really, really fits that time in your life when you're finally done with the gambling aspect and you want to just save and grow your wealth. And so I think you're right that uh, Vanguard is sort of at odds. With that sort of culture, but I will say, um, and uh, funny, Bogle wrote a um, piece for the New York Times in 1999, right before the internet bubble burst, and because that's when day trading was crazy then too, right? Um, and he basically said that people who day trade only get about 60 percent of the actual market returns. And, and, you know, he didn't like active mutual funds, but he said at least they get 75% of market returns. <laughs> but an index fund gets you 99% yeah. of the market returns. And so, he, as much as he would slam active managers, he thought doing it yourself was, was even worse, if your goal is to grow wealth. That, that's also part of the book, because I, I was like, listen, this guy came out with an idea called the index fund, and he wouldn't pay brokers. So, A, he, he had an idea that sounded average. It's like, I don't, why do don't I want to be average? and he was doing it outside of the entire system of incentives. But he was able to break through, and I look at all the creative ways he was to do it, one of those ways is showing the growth of $10,000. And I think this is what is interesting in the story of Vanguard is, it took a long time because of this. This guy operated outside of a system, and so the company didn't even get to 10% market share in the fund business, um, not until 25 years after it started. So, this was a long process of him trying to explain to people that, Buying and holding an index fund is an average. If you wait long enough, you end up at the top of the heap. You have to change the way you're viewing investing. And that's hard. He had to change hearts and minds in and do it without uh, being inside the system. And it's a good business story in there, too. It's interesting. And I think a lot of uh, the crypto and DeFi world, I, I'm trying to explain to them that, actually, if, if you're in that world and you like crypto and all this and the DeFi thing, um, th- this book should appeal to you, because this guy was like OG DeFi. Um, just in a different way. But there's a lot of the same spirit and ethos here between Bogle and what young people are seeking out with crypto and decentralized finance.
2: Folks, we're talking to Eric Beltunas, the senior ETF analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence and author of the new book, The Bogle Effect. Uh, You brought crypto up. I wanted to mention that when you said you're Generation X, most of the folks I know who are Generation X are dabbling or heard about the crypto. What do you feel about crypto?
3: Yeah, so um, crypto is interesting. I, I still don't quite get it um but it's resilient its resiliency has made me respect it and there's really smart people in the industry and i wouldn't bet against some of them so that's where i sort of give it my respect that said i still don't totally think it's going to overtake currency i, I uh, is it the new gold i mean you could debate all this <laughs> I, I do think though that crypto is being helped by the bogle effect and i'll explain why you talk about gen x or even boomers who are dabbling in crypto i think w- what you have now is that in the 90s you'd have these active mutual funds and you'd You'd have one that was five stars, and then it wouldn't perform well. So you'd sell it and buy the next five-star one, and you would just churn these active funds, and it just made investing hard. Finally, people find something to hold on to, an index fund. So they have that in their core. The problem with an index fund for many people is it is boring. It's really efficient, and it's really – it can create uh, (laughs) – it's the best way to create wealth, but it's boring as hell. So I think – we have a chapter in the book called The Fall and Rise of Active." That legacy active that's just sort of, you know, close to the benchmark and picking a couple stocks here and there, that's probably getting replaced by Vanguard in the core of the portfolio. But, where active is now finding a home is in things like crypto or high active share active like Cathie Wood and ARK or thematic investing, um, NFTs, those are not only You know, fun and ways to distract yourself so you don't touch the other part, which has to grow. It takes, you know, 30, 40 years. (laughs) But those things have nothing to do with the index. So they complement. So we have this sort of visual of you've got this boring vanilla core, which is great and good for you. But then you go and you search for some hot sauce uh, to to put on and dabble, I think is the right word. So I actually think crypto is being helped by the fact that Vanguard has taken over the core portfolios because it's allowed people to. Have a little more patience with those volatile areas uh, of their portfolio, which are in smaller slices. Uh, you're not as bummed when crypto goes down 30, 40 percent because hey, it's three percent of my portfolio, yeah. and I really have 80 percent of it in this, uh, you know, S&P 500 index fund. Uh, it calms you down a lot.
2: Where anyone gets in trouble is when they put too much money on the risk side and they don't have their safe side established. And you, you see that then they get then they make irrational decisions. And they get trapped in the wrong places because all their money's in the wrong place. And unfortunately, I've seen people who take way too much risk with money they're going to need for retirement. And nothing wrong with risk, but making sure you know what the what the risk is and, and they have an exit strategy to that risk, too. So, one final – got about a minute here left. I want to ask you a question here, and I think it's a good one. What's your biggest concern of the markets right now?
3: Yeah, I think my biggest concern, you know, short term, is just that the 60 and the 40, you know, the 60-40 portfolio, they've yep. both been going up for, like – 15 years. Usually, stocks go up, bonds don't, but they've both been going up because it's low rate. So, uh, I would say, you know, that's my biggest worry. It, should people look to something that's like alternative? Um, but I don't know. I also think that in the end, uh, stocks are a really good place to be because people get up every day and create value at these corporations. That's something Bogle preached and tried to sell people on, was that you get a cash flow and you get... Um, Yep. Uh, uh, dividends and you get earnings growth when you buy stocks. So I think it's a good long-run investment. It's just, you know, what should you do you know, to maybe uh, protect yourself a little if the 60 and the 40 goes down for a while. But the 40 part, the bonds, it's probably where I'm worried the most because obviously if the Fed rates rate, raises rates and they go up in a long cycle, a lot of the bonds that are out there right now are just worthless. Yeah. And so that's going to be an interesting thing to watch and that's probably something that concerns me a little bit
2: thoughts on inflation
3: yeah i mean i look um i was a baby in the 70s but uh it was a big deal back in the day and um it's scary where it hits home is like oh i I went to my my review and i got a four percent raise yay well inflation seven (laughs) then that's where it hits home people like yeah you're right man um i'm actually starting to slide backwards so even if i'm even if i'm ahead i gotta subtract seven percent from everything now and that's scary Yeah, and I think that's this is something that's going to be probably a big issue for a while. I hope it's just supply chain. I hope it's just pandemic supply chain, and that's sort of what we're seeing. And it's not as bad as we think. But um, yeah, it's it's scary. Uh, I would say that's up on my worries too. That's part of why the Fed is really committed this time to raising rates. You know, in the past they've always folded like a lawn chair. Yeah, but now I think they're going to see it through because inflation is worse than say the markets. uh, You know, having a spasm.
2: Well, yeah, good points. And, uh, and, and I think, uh, how many pages is your, is your new book? How, how many pages is the Bogle effect? Uh,
3: about 340. Wow, that's um, but That's a down book. from 500. So I <laughs> edited it down and also interviewed 50 people, including Warren Buffett and wow. Michael Lewis. And, and I have their quotes in there. It's sort of written like a semi-documentary. And so I think I, think it, I try to make, look, mutual funds are as interesting as C-SPAN to most people. So I, <laughs> I try to really, really bring it and include a lot of voices and make it as entertaining as possible.
2: Well, folks, his name is Eric Balchunas, and the name of the book is The Bogle Effect. Eric, uh, we hope to have you on again in the future.
3: I would love that. Thanks for uh, having me on today. Yes, sir.
2: And folks, we'll be right back after this.
1: Again, the book is called The Bogle Effect, How John Bogle and Vanguard Turned Wall Street Inside Out and Saved Investors Trillions. It's available wherever you get books. If you'd like to learn more about Coach Pete, just visit PeteOnDemand.com. PeteOnDemand.com. Pizza! Now we turn our attention to Richard Pelletier in West Salem, Massachusetts, and his version of Financial Safari.
4: Here, he and I are discussing the state of the bond market. Be very, very careful about the risk in bonds. Let's talk about that. Sure. Okay. Okay. Uh, People get nervous and they don't go or they get talked into by their stockbroker. Well, we'll take you out of stocks and we'll put you into bonds as if bonds are absolutely safe from loss. That's not the case especially if you're in your late mid 50s to 60s you're a few years away from retirement and you put into a bond mutual portfolio especially they're selling you basically shares of of a, a company that has nothing but bonds that they bought two years ago five years ago eight years ago and they've yet to mature now with the rates going up and those same corporations are offering new bonds at higher rates what happens next I'll tell you what happens next. You got a little widow in Kansas who says, wait a minute to our church uh, goer, who's a local banker. You told me you've got a 4% one year CD. How do I get out of this bond market and get that 4% CD? It's FDI insured, it's liquid, boom, 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 boom. All of a sudden, these redemptions come pouring in to the managers of these bond mutual funds. Where do they get the cash to suffer up the money to send out to this lady in Kansas. They have to sell their bonds before they mature. They are not gonna sold at a premium, they've got lower rates, they're gonna sell at a discount. So let me tell you, bond mutual funds may not be the best place to go. Then you've got tips, you know, people go into treasury, uh, you know, uh, tips uh, that protect them from inflation, they think. Uh, is this a good time to go into those? If they think it's gonna fight inflation, well, excuse me. Their current price is already uh, figured in uh, to the inflationary rate, you'd be buying those things way too high. So again, you got to take a hard look as to where your portfolio is going uh, and the user, usually uh, the treasury yields as to whether this is a very, very good place to go at this particular time.
1: Well, Richard, you know, I mean, a lot of us that, that are getting closer to retirement, you know, the whole bond situation. I mean, that that's what we've been, that's been drilled in our heads, right? It's that, it's the, you know, 60-40, right? That whole thing. And that really isn't, doesn't apply today
4: well again the wharton school of finance did a study it's now probably six or seven years and they did it basically on the performance of bond funds versus fixed index annuities and in many cases the bond index annuities provided a better shield first of all there's no risk of loss in the stock market in those but again they produce a solid guarantee minimum rate of return and they usually have some sort of income payout uh, that will provide uh, future income, regardless of what the market does. So i got going to be careful on those. This is a price for it, and how is the income paid out? And is it standard income level? Never increases over the next 20 years, or does it rise? And uh, so, what circumstances? So we study these things like anything else. Uh, there are good things out there that really help you. There are things that are not as helpful, so but it they are like- something you should consider as compared to. Uh, a bond
1: market. I really do enjoy his pragmatic approach. You can catch Richard in the Financial Safari Saturday mornings at nine on News Radio five sixty WHYN in Springfield or stream it on the iHeartRadio app. You can learn more by visiting the website help to retire.com. That's help to retire.com. Call him here 800-662-6808 Pizza. Now here's Dave Perkins to take us all the way back to nineteen twenty nine. Through the years, let's take a
0: trip back in time. Back in time. 1929. The party's still going. The roaring 20s. But that year, we went from, hey, let's do the Charleston, to, brother, can't you spare a dime? Experienced an economic boom during the 20s, but then the market started fluctuating. Stock exchange is a funny place. The beginning of the Wall Street crash. The bubble burst October 24th, Black Thursday, a 22.6% drop in one day. October 29th was Black Tuesday, with another 12.8% drop. The market hit bottom November 23rd. It was the beginning of the Great Depression. No love in Chicago that year. It was the year of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, February 14th. Seven of Al Capone's rival gangsters, Bugs Moran's gang, were murdered.
1: You ought to be in picture.
0: The first Academy Awards were presented that year. It was a 15-minute ceremony hosted by actor Douglas Fairbanks. And the award for Outstanding Picture, the winner is... The Silent Movie Wings! Let's listen to a little clip from that award winning silent movie. Ah, yes, what a great movie. The first car radio was made by Motorola that year. Turn it on and you may hear. Time to 23 Skidoo! But first, here's a swell song from Eddie Cantor. Making whoopee. This next song is The Cat's Meow. Ain't Misbehaving. No social security yet, but a variety of American industries were promising some sort of support for their workers in their later years. Most of the pensions kicked in at 65. Life expectancy for American men was around 58. Pensions are almost gone. We're living longer. Let's get back and get a real retirement plan. We've now arrived safely back in the present.
1: We hope you enjoyed your trip. Here's to a smooth ride into retirement. Now we check in with Eric Carney in Southwest Florida and his show, Wealth Works Radio. Now in this clip, along with Joseph Lanza and me, we're talking about debt
5: and increasing taxes. Yeah, I mean, look at the... Uh, we, we talk about the national debt all the time. I mean, pre-COVID, you know, the, the debt's gone up $2 trillion. I mean, that that's just insane. So, I mean, it's, it's... The debt that is coming upon us is insane. And the only thing that's going to go up because of that is absolutely taxes. And people have got to be aware of that, whether it's gonna be in the next two to three years, five to 10 years, or even 15 years, it's coming down the pike and remember that the government doesn't manufacture anything they simply tax and so we've got to be wide aware of that at all times
1: well and one of the things that the contributing thing is you know with the inflation and then taxes um what about the market the market doesn't like some things like they don't like the uh, russian
5: um ukraine thing uh, right and so you know and and But they don't like it. But then again, look at what the market also does. It's starting to move away from it a little bit, too. And, you know, if you look in March of 2020 with a worldwide pandemic, something that we've never seen in our lifetime, You see where the market kind of reacted, and then all of a sudden getting into it, the market was like, hey, you know what? I'm out of here. Like, sorry for your loss. Sorry for your pandemic, but I got other things to do. And 2020 was actually a pretty good year. And so what we have to really really look at is, yeah, the market all of a sudden realizes there's a war, but then almost immediately becomes desensitized to it and will eventually move on. And so it's unfortunate because it is a horrible event that's taking place right now. Um, And I think that uh, once that comes to a close, that's certainly going to help the market. That's for sure. But, you know, the markets have a lot of things that it's always considering, too. Like what? Well... Right now, I mean, the funny thing is, is that now you have the inverted yield curve. And so, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, Eric, what, what about the inverted yield curve? I'm like, hey, how about we get through the Russian war first, right? Yeah. I mean, like <laughs> what, one crisis at a time. And it's like, I, I feel like investors are always looking for the next big thing to worry about. And so now they hear inverted yield curve and they're like, this is the end. There, Here comes a recession. And they also don't understand that there's a lot of things that are fighting off a recession as well. Uh, Jobs reports and so forth, a strong economy. Um, A lot of these companies have very strong earnings. So um, I, I just think that there's, you know, people are always looking for the next big thing to worry about. And it's, it's just, it's a constant struggle with our practice. I mean, people are always looking for something to be down about. Well, it's, what about it's, uh, it's interest rates? I mean, look at interest rates. They're they're rising. Everybody's talking about them going up and being afraid of that from the start of the year right. to, till now. And then when they actually do rise, you see the reaction from the market is very positive. So the market is down, down, down year to date. People are like, oh, it's because interest rates are going to go up. Interest. Interest rates are going to go up. Yeah. They finally hike interest rates, and since then the market has been going upward. And you've heard nothing about interest, rate you know, about interest rates being a problem anymore. And now well, the stocks are just, point. you know, reacting the other way. And it's just funny how the news and the media will do that. As soon as something, you know, is not a problem anymore, the market starts going up from it. Oh, okay. What what else is wrong? Let's put a let's put well, a band aid on this.
1: You can hear Eric show WealthWorks Radio on News Radio 1580 WCCF in Punta Gorda, Florida, or on the iHeartRadio app anywhere. Eric is with Retirement Wealth in Cape Coral. You can visit his website, ericcarneyadvisor.com That's E-R-I-C K-E-A-R-N-E-Y advisor.com You can also find him on TV on the weekends both Saturday and Sunday. Check your local listings for times and channels. If you'd like to reach him here, 800-662-6808 or just text pizza to 600-700. Well, there you have it. Episode 143 of Financial Pizza is complete, nicely done, ready for that digital delivery. Financial Pizza features clips and more from some of the best financial radio programs heard around the country each and every week. We bring it to you hot, fresh, and in 30 minutes or less. And if you'd like Financial Pizza delivered to you each and every week, just subscribe to it. It'll be in your podcast collection automatically. Find it on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or anywhere you download your favorite podcast. And as long as you're subscribed be sure to rate and share the podcast remember you can reach any of the advisors featured here by calling 800-662-6808 or just text pizza to 600 i've also got links to all the advisors listed in the show notes with this podcast reach me by email steve at financialpizza.com find me on twitter at steve sodal i want to thank dave perkins for contributing content for this week's podcast Financial Pizza is produced and written by me, Steve Siddall, and originates from the studios of broadcasting experts in Apex, North Carolina. Thanks for listening. I really do appreciate it. Going to be back next week with another episode of Financial Pizza. I'm Steve Siddall. Pizza.
0: Coach P Radio.